Good morning, guys. Welcome back to the Chris Goroleski podcast. Thank you again for being here with me. Uh, appreciate all of your ears and time. Something I'd like to talk about today is very near and dear to my heart. And the branding of tennis, especially in the United States, is something I really am passionate about. I have a lot of uh, invested interest in this. I've been playing for about 20 years, been stringing the rackets for about 15, coaching four or five seasons. And it's been about the last 10 years where I've really just been inundated of the culture of tennis. Uh, I remember watching Agassi and Sampras a couple times when my dad would have them on TV. One of the first real times where I felt some real emotions was Andy Roddick winning the US Open uh, back in the early 2000s and really got me going on this path of wanting to be just this all-in culture that I still love to do today. Over the last decade though, it seems that American tennis has decreased a little bit in both interest and being put into the marketing and branding. Um, not really sure why. Was it the economy? Um, parents not wanting to spend that much money? That there was no all-time great players like Agassi and Sampras? Even though there's still a lot of good players in American tennis that I follow, but they seem to be going more the route of coming out of college after getting experience for four years than these up-and-coming 12, 13-year-old prodigies. I've been following the USTA, the USPTA, on several of their social media platforms, and I think they're doing a great job bringing brand awareness back to tennis. The 10 and under, I think, is one of the greatest things to happen to tennis in America. I think both the kids and tennis really needed it. From the colored balls, to the different size rackets, to the size courts that they can go up both in age and level in, I think is fantastic. And it really came just in time because of all the other racket sports that are growing uh, around here, especially in the south. The paddle balls, the pickle balls, and there can be a lot of great skills and crossover training for all those racket sports. And there's nothing that I'm going to take away from them because I think we need them. Uh, especially when it gets to be indoor season. So instead of trying to take away or bring back the audience from the other racket sports, I would just like to focus on how are we going to rebrand or revolutionize tennis for us and you know, bring some new people in for kids and adults. I have some ideas for a new format that is the main part of wanting to share this and Maybe some of it's for my own selfish reasons, but I think a lot of the audience for tennis and the players would agree with this. And that's where I'm, I'm going. So let's get right down to business. USTA, USPTA, Grand Slams, ATP, and the WTA. So the benefits would be higher fan attendance, consistently better matches, higher revenue. If I told you all of these things would happen, would you jump on board with this? So I'm taking the format from another sport that I think has a great foundation for its brand and marketing, which is UEFA for footballers or soccer players. There's group stages followed by knockout rounds. Uh, only upside what I can see for players, fans, and businesses alike. Tennis has tried this before, but what I believe is not at scale. They did this in the 
250 ATP events for a year or two. And then it kind of went away because I'm not sure if it's the revenue, the player attendance. I know there was some pushback from the players not liking it, but I really think this has a chance to become something huge in the future. So you would do regular qualifying rounds, possibly one extra round, which ESPN has given more coverage the last year for the Grand Slams, which I think is awesome. Get way more fan attendance and awareness. So I applaud them for that. There would be 64 players, 16 groups of four. One match against each player in the said group, and there would be normal match scoring. Players seated 1 to 16, divide into groups, drawn same as the now format. Players seated 17 to 32, drawn randomly into groups after. Players 33 to 56, drawn into groups. Four wild cards, four qualifiers. And things could be tweaked out after a while, but this sets up having one seated player play another seated player at least once in the first few rounds. So there will always be at least a great match on paper. In terms of the knockout rounds, the top player advances from each group into the knockout round. Tiebreakers would be consistent with the ATP finals. Starting with the round of 16 or round four, pairs exactly with the fourth round of a Grand Slam. So they're still getting the same amount of matches. You need seven matches to win a Grand Slam. And from there on, it'd be single elimination with normal match scoring, best of five sets for men, best of three sets for women. But the question is why though? Why would you change this, Chris, after all these years with the tradition of tennis? And that's why there's usually a lot of pushback. And look, I am a huge fan of tradition and keeping the integrity of tennis as well. So by no means am I trying to set some kind of different standard. But if you look at the next generation ATP finals, which just finished up, uh, they've been trying a lot of new things and I applaud them for that. I don't necessarily agree with everything they say uh, with the rule changes, the no ad scoring, I don't think I'm a huge fan of. Uh, they've made it the best of five instead of the best of three, but only going to four games which I think is 50-50 that we could try sometime. It definitely makes for different swings, and I think it also provides a little bit faster tennis, whereas some people would, quote, get bored after a three- or four-hour marathon. Usually, if it's the best players in the world, though, you're not getting bored, and if you're a true tennis fan. But for maybe some of the fair-weather people or just sports fans in general, I can definitely see where you're coming from. So I definitely have that, that empathy. Why, though? Top players play at least three matches, therefore better also for business and revenue to jump on in. Larger attendance, it would be, quote, better matches. Any of the players would be able to avenge being able to lose one match in a Grand Slam. So you could go six and one winning a Grand Slam. You can't lose more than one. You'll never make it to the knockout rounds or you wouldn't make it to the finals. So I think one loss is okay which I firmly believe is still putting the best player in position to win that tournament. Uh, that's why I, I like college hoops, but the March Madness, if the top seeds get knocked out in the first couple rounds, it can make for a great Cinderella story, which I also like, but it also doesn't prove who was the best team all season. It proves who was the best team for a week, maybe two. Uh, the larger revenue with fans getting to see more matches by the top players, which I think is 
the best part because ultimately it is about the fans. It's about the players and the business and I have empathy and support both of them as well. But you also wouldn't have a sport if you didn't have fans or have be as in large of a perspective of an audience. There would be more distribution, more even distribution of money and ranking points for mostly anybody not making it to the fourth round or the quarterfinals, which I think is very important. So that is my pitch for a new type of branding. A new type of branding, a new type of marketing. You know, should we incorporate some of the new rules, even some of the ones I didn't say for the next gen finals, like wearable technology, coaching? Uh, I don't know. I think we could at least try it though and see what happens. A lot of sports get slack for them not changing the rules fast enough. And if we don't like the rules, we can always change them back. There's nothing saying that we can't amend something. So please let me know your feedback on my perspective of what we could do to market tennis to both older and new members, to both get engaged by playing, get engaged more by being fans, and bringing more value to the community. Uh, I always believe in your ROI for your goods or services better be more than what you are giving to me. And that's what I hope to bring to the tennis community. So thank you for your time. Please leave any feedback, positive, negative, or just if you have any questions that maybe me or somebody else could answer. So thank you very much again. Hope you enjoyed this episode and hope to hear from all of you soon. Take care.